Let's pray together. Lord, you are the air that we breathe. In fact, the very fact that we breathe is a gift from you. Breathe new life into us today. Breathe your spirit into us that we'd hear your word. Breathe your spirit into us that we'd have a deeper hunger for your word. Breathe your spirit into me as I proclaim your word. Breathe your spirit into your people as they hear your word proclaimed. And I pray that we would all be changed by it. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I want to begin this morning by reading uh, Matthew chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 4. And then I'll uh, share a, a little bit more uh, from 2 Timothy uh, a little later on in the message. In fact, we'll, we'll focus there uh, for a while. In Matthew 4, verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. From the very beginning of what we call Christianity, every word that comes from the mouth of God has been central. Jesus is clear that food alone will not give us the life we desire, nor will power, nor wealth, nor possessions. True life is found in the Word of God because true life is found in a relationship with God. And the church, when it has been faithful, has declared and stood on the truth that the Bible and every word in it came from the mouth of God. Yes, it has numerous human authors, but every word was inspired by God. As Scripture says, it is God-breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God breathe. The constitution of our church, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, uh, confirms this truth in many places and in many ways. For example, every officer, pastor, elder, deacon, must answer this question of ordination. Do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God, totally trustworthy, fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, the supreme, final, and only infallible rule of faith and practice. I could quote from many other places, but the point is we believe this book, the Bible, is the Word of God. We believe it's totally trustworthy. We believe it's the authority for our faith and for our practice. And most of you probably believe that, at least in principle. And you may very well say, yeah, Danny, I, I know the Bible's true. I, I, I want to read the Bible. I want to, to study it. But i got to tell you, I, I just don't understand it. Well, I agree. There are many things we do not understand, particularly uh, on the surface level. 
And that's why I'm emphasizing Bible study today. But I think it was Billy Graham whom I first heard say something like this. Yes, there are things I do not understand, but there's more than enough that I do understand to keep me busy the rest of my days. Just recently, I heard a pastor, Chris Langham, say this. If it isn't plain, don't make it the main. If it isn't plain, don't make it the main. If something isn't plain in the Bible, investigate it, sure. Study it, yes. Do your best to understand it, absolutely. But if it isn't, if it isn't plain, it's likely not the main point. Don't get bogged down in it. You know what is plain in the Scriptures. Focus there. We plainly know from the Bible that we're called to glorify God. We plainly know that Jesus is the way of salvation. We plainly know that we're called to love. We plainly know that we're to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Don't get bogged down. Yes, there are things we don't fully understand. But I can't help but wonder if that's not a bit of an excuse for not reading and studying the Bible and studying what we do understand, applying what we do understand. Just a question. I'll let you decide. However, if we truly want to understand, we've got to study. If we want to know anything, we've got to study it and we've got to research it. I was shocked to learn a few years ago uh, after we had moved up here that my youngest daughter, who had never shown any interest in car work, had along with her sister-in-law not only researched how to change the oil in her car, but she had also researched how to change the brake pads on her car. And the two of them set about, and they indeed, after research, changed the oil and changed the brake pads. All they had to do was to borrow a tool from a friend that they didn't have. When I heard that, being the dad, my first reaction was, you did what? But then as I began to listen to Ashley talk, and she explained what she had done and how she had carefully studied, I thought, I couldn't have done any better. I'm proud of her for doing the research, for studying. You know, if we're in love, we also study. Men like me find themselves learning and attending plays like The Sound of Music. And we discover whether we'll admit it or not, we're kind of a hopeless romantic. We like a good love story. Women like Jeanette suddenly find themselves sitting on a stool in the middle of a, of a dove field just because her boyfriend liked to dove hunt. Of course, she will also admit that she tried her best to shoo the doves away. So that was the first and last time I ever took her dove hunting. But the point is, is that we study one another. Certainly in part because we want to please the other. But we also want to know the other person, do we not? We want to know what's important to them. We, we want to do what's important to them. 
When we love our children, we study them. How many of us, when, when we've had infants, how many times have we counted their toes and their fingers? How many times have we snuck into the nursery just to watch them? We're studying them. We're memorizing their sweet features. This Christmas I gave Jeanette and I both a gift of a, of a digital photo frame, and, and the girls have, uh, have the app uh, to upload pictures to it as, as well. And we find ourselves some evenings just sitting and watching our daughters and granddaughters as the pictures scroll across the screen, and we will talk about how sweet they are and how blessed we are. We want to study those we love, right? In a similar manner, if we love the Lord, we want to study what God is like. We want to study what's important to God. We want to do what's important to Him. But again, I know we struggle. I know we're uncertain where to start. I know we're worried we'll interpret wrongly. So I wanted to share a few practical ideas this morning about studying the Bible. You have an outline there in your bulletin. Uh, changed the bulletin a little bit this week and included the outline uh, inside. First, if you want to study uh, God's Word, you need a good translation. Uh, for Bible study, I don't necessarily recommend the Message or the New Living Translation or the Contemporary English Version. I think they're great for reading, but they're paraphrases uh, instead of translations. And I think when you are, are going to study uh, you really should, should get a good word-for-word -word translation or a phrase-by-phrase -phrase translation. If you do use one of those paraphrases, I would simply suggest that you have another translation alongside of it. For study, you're going to want something like the English Standard Version, the New International Version, or the New American Standard Bible, or maybe the King James or the New King James. Now, just my thought here, if you use the King James, you might also want another translation alongside of it. I love the King James's poetic language. Uh, I'll always thank King James when I think of the 23rd Psalm. But for most modern readers, the King's English is difficult to understand. Uh, we just do not speak the way they spoke when it was translated in the 17th century. So you may want another translation alongside of it. If you're thinking of purchasing a new Bible, I would urge you to purchase a study Bible. It has references in it. It has notes. It, it has things that will just help you uh, find particular things in other parts of the Bible. I also enjoy a life application Bible for study because it does offer some applications to you. But let me say, if you're thinking about purchasing one, maybe before you do, I would urge you to, to try some of the online apps because they have multiple translations on there and you can try using them and see which one works for you. Like BibleStudyTools.com or BibleHub.com, BlueLetterBible.org. Uh, all these apps and websites might help you. You'll find on them, a lot of them, a parallel Bible, which will allow you to look up uh, verses in various translations. You'll find on those a concordance, which will allow you to look up words and see how they're used in other parts of the Bible. You'll find a Bible dictionary on there. All these are free. Um, there's parts of it you can pay for, but uh, what I'm naming is free. There's also some commentaries on there that are free uh, that you can see what scholars are saying or what other pastors are saying or, or what fellow students are writing 
uh, about them. And you can talk with me or one of the elders about commentaries. If you have questions about some of them, be glad to help you. But let me suggest that whether you're a beginner or a longtime student of the Scripture, one thing you want to do, I think, a lot is to study with someone else. Uh, studying with someone else keeps you honest. It keeps you and I from going off on our own tangents or on our own uh, rabbit trails. Uh, it's a good idea to study with other people. Here at uh, Stewart Presbyterian, uh, Carlin Witt is working on a small group, particularly with young adults in mind. Uh, Haley Johnson is interested in a Bible overview series and would love to study with young women in particular. My wife, Jeanette, is leading a group on Monday evenings with ver women of various ages and its uh, various topics. There's also chances to study together on Sunday morning, like the adult class that meets down below, and they work through a, a book of the Bible. Gary Burkett leads that. Uh, there's also our contemporary studies group that meets uh, in classroom A, or what we might call the former fellowship hall, and that's more of a topical study led by Beth and Kelly Witt. There's opportunities here to study with others. I would just urge you to join in and do that. For a lot of beginners, a question and answer book is a good place to, to start. I'm a huge fan of Navigators and Nav Press. Uh, they were writing discipleship materials long before many modern churches were using the word discipleship. So they, they know a lot uh, about teaching the Bible. You might try their des Design for Discipleship series or uh, their Life Change series, which is studying a book. Uh, the Sunday School class below uses a fill-in-the-blank question-and-answer uh, study. You may try one of those. Well, I want to end up today by talking about uh, a tried and true uh, Bible study method that you can use individually or with a group. Uh, I've been reading a book called Why Johnny Can't Preach. And, uh, and while the, a lot of the book I agree with, there's some parts I don't. For example, uh, this guy seems to think that you ought not offer too many practical things. I'm not sure where that comes from. I, I get frustrated, as I said the other week, a lot of preachers tell you, you ought to do this, this, and this, and then they never give you any practical advice. So I hope this is a little practical advice for one way you can begin to go deeper in studying God's Word. It's called inductive Bible study. And there's various ways to do it. I've included an outline there. But in inductive study, you're making observations on a passage of Scripture and then you're drawing conclusions based on those observations. The method typically has three parts. Observation, interpretation, and then application. And then the steps include uh, all three. By the way, if you go to the Navigator's website, you can download uh, this method by looking up how to study the Bible. I'll walk you through it real quickly using 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. First step, do a background study on the text. This is where you ask, who is the human author? Why was it written? To whom was it written? When was it written? Uh, you learn some basic historical background, dates, key people. That is, you're putting the text in context. 
If you have a study Bible, that, that is often covered in the introduction to every book of the Bible. You can learn who the author was and what we think the date was. Uh, you can use one of the websites I've listed there in your handout and see what commentaries say about that background. And then after reading the text several times, you may want to then paraphrase the text uh, in your own words. So for 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, you might paraphrase, God inspires all Scripture. All Scripture is useful. It does everything from teach to rebuke. It's helpful for everything. It equips us in every way. Just a way to paraphrase it. Next, if you're studying a text like this, you want to ask questions. You want to ask questions of the text or see if there's any place that you have questions. Like for 2 Timothy, you might say, what is righteousness? What does righteousness mean? And then you can go to a Bible dictionary again on one of those apps or one you may have and look it up and, and find that righteousness begins to talk about being right with God, being in right relationship with God. Reading a text like this, you might, it says, uh, that every man of God may be thoroughly equipped. You might ask the question, what does it really mean to be a man or woman of God? And the next step, you want to look up some cross-references. If you have a study Bible, they're often there uh, in the center column or outside column of your Bible. Or again, you can use one of these apps. And there you're looking to see how's that word used somewhere else in the Bible. For example, if you go to one of those and you go to a concordance and you type in Scripture or Word of God, you can see where else that word is used. Um, I don't have those texts up there, but you would find texts like Joshua 1.8 is a cross-reference. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You might also find there a cross-reference of Psalm 119, 9 and 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you look for those references. It just helps you understand how else is that word being used in the Bible. And then next, you just want to jot down any insights you're getting as you study. For example, if I read all Scripture is God-breathed, one insight I might have is, hey, that means all Scripture. That means Old Testament as well as New Testament. That means prophets as well as gospels. So an insight might be, I, maybe I need to read there a little bit. And then that's where insights begin to overlap into application. You begin to ask, is there anything God's speaking to me about here? Is there an attitude that God wants to change? Is there something God wants me to do? Is there a habit God wants me to break? Or is there a habit God wants me to take up? You begin to just ask those kind of questions. So for 2 Timothy, you might say, hey, all scriptures God breathe. I haven't read the Old Testament in a long time. I better spend a little time in the Old Testament this year. 
Or maybe you may read that and say, I need more training. It says the Bible will train us in righteousness. If I want to be right with God, maybe I need to find a Bible study. Maybe I need to look for a Sunday school class. I need more training. In a text like this, you may read it and God may be rebuking you and correcting you. And you may begin to ask, is there something in my life, Lord, you want me to work on? Is there something you want me to get rid of? Is there something I haven't repented of? Is there something I haven't confessed to you? You begin to ask those questions of how can I apply God's Word? The example I used this morning is just for a couple verses. I also added a letter G in your handout, which would be for when you read like an entire chapter, and you might want to ta- uh, title that chapter and even uh, write down the main passage or the main verse in your mind. You can look up the books I have there. There's a lot more on in- inductive study. This is just one way to study God's Word. Uh, in the resources I listed, if you want to pick up those books, there's lots of other ways to study. Um, one of the concerns I have is that I'm not sure we're hungry enough for the Word of God, beloved. And if we love the Lord, if you and I want to know the Lord, if we want to seek after His will, I think we've got to study. We've got to develop a deeper hunger for the Word of God. And, And so I've just given you some simple tools. Start where you're at. Begin to do something, to put yourself in the Word of God just a little more often. Don't don't feel guilty when you miss a day or something. Just pick it back up and, and do it again another day. Find a way to have a stronger appetite for the Word of God. The Word of God is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's the way that you and I can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray together. Lord, we all struggle sometimes. We, we get lazy. We, we use excuses that there's stuff we don't understand, but I am convinced there's more than enough that I understand that, that can keep me working and busy the rest of my days. There's more than enough that I can, even with my feeble mind, fathom and and apply. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd give us a renewed hunger for your word. And then maybe something that was said today, one of the tools might touch on a, a way for us to study more. Lord, I just pray that you'll move in our midst that we'll be men and women of prayer and men and women of study. And then as we begin to see next week, that's really going to grow us and help us to go out, to be outward with the practices of faith as we live godly lives, as we are good stewards, as we serve one another. Lord, I know that many of your people already study. Many of your people are already hunger, hunger for your word. So, 
Lord, just increase our hunger. Send us desiring you and wanting you and going to your word. We ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you today and forevermore. Amen.